Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your host, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Bray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can ignore you. Put it up for the Wigan Warriors. This week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars, we're going to talk to the one, the only, Erica Enders. We're going to get the down and dirty. Why is everybody such a hater on Erica? Why does she not get a fair shake? Like all the passes that seem to go to the guys versus the girls. But before we get to her, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in the motorsports world. It is Sponsor Announcement City. Sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. Everybody making announcements. 2023, a little bit of a uh, surprise, if you will. Richard Childress Racing and Kyle Busch, all of the sponsor announcements coming out over there, makes an individual just wonder, really, how hard did you work to put a deal together to keep Kyle Busch at JGR? How about another big announcement? Travis Pastrana. I mean, we might as well call him and Ken Block the 1A and 1B of excitement out there in the motorsports world. Travis Pastrana announcing he is going to try to qualify at the Daytona 500 with 2311 Motorsports in a Toyota. Him and Tyler Reddick making the announcement, if you will, social media wise, uh, with some creativity in the real department. And that's not the R-E-A-L department. It's the R-E-E-L department. Everything going on in the world of motorsports. My interview with Erica was wonderful. Nice, long, do me a favor, stick around. Not going to get off on a big rant today before the interview because I want you to have as much time as possible to listen to Erica and some hard questions and if any of it resonates with you i ask you to do us a favor drop us a line on social media also do me a favor for me and cam like subscribe forward mention tag tell your friends check us out racers and rental cars podcast this week's episode pushing me in closer and closer to holding the mic and flow racing Flow Drag Racing down in Bradenton, Florida next weekend. Looking forward to it. U.S. Street Nationals. If you don't have a Flow Drag Racing account, go over there. Check it out. That way you can send me all kinds of hate mail. Throw me under the bus like it seems to happen to all individuals that hold the microphone in the world of motorsports. Everybody's a critic. Throw it at me. Give me something to laugh about. Driving back on Monday. And I will have an episode the following week for you guys to recap my experience with flow drag racing. That being said, Racers and Rental Cars podcast. Let's get after the interview. This week's guest on Racers and Rental Cars podcast is none other than the most hated, notorious. And oh yeah, by the way, don't use those two phrases without ending it with five-time NHRA Pro Stock World Champion. Erica Enders. Erica, how are you doing today? I'm good, Don. How are you? 
Well, I, actually, I'm doing pretty good because right now I can't control the smile on my face based off of the fact of where we're going to have this conversation take us today. It is the off season. I know you're warmer than I am being in Texas and I'm in southern Indiana. So I'm faking the funk with my smile. It's cold up here. How, tell me <laughs> what the what what what's the temperature over there in Winniewood? Uh, it's like 67 or 68 today, so it's not. It's pretty mild, but it is definitely gray and gloomy winter weather. Looking outside the window, so uh, that that view is going to change this weekend. We're going to head to the Cayman Islands and take a little break, but uh, but for now, we're uh, we're in Winniewood. All right, so now we're jealous because you're going to the islands. That's <laughs> just that's just bad. But before we before we talk about anything else, I need to know. How many engine pulls have been made today on this Tuesday afternoon in the shop? I know you can hear. I've been there before. I know you can hear when the engines get pulled where you're at. How many times today? Well, since we've been back from lunch, I've heard three pulls. So uh, I know that they've been busy back there. Those guys never let up. There we go. See, now that's just, that would be music. I watched, uh, I, I guess, uh, Scott Woody posted a, a video at like the tail end of last week. Uh, of Jake on the dyno and of course it was from a good distance away right and I see the air fuels going across the the monitor and I was like look how close those air fuels were and that I'm sorry I'm a geek guy I thought that yes yes very much so and when you want to say say well that's Jake's work right there right there Yes, sir. He's a perfectionist and he uh, he's definitely got a great handle on all the EFI tuning. And we have Anthony Lum on board uh, last year and this year as well. And he's helping with that. So it's uh, we have the brightest minds in our corner and we're very thankful for that. All right. Well, I need to get for our audience, those that don't know, because you are definitely a a repeat guest on our show. But for them to understand from around the world, how many employees are on the road at any given NHRA national event for elite motorsports? So I'm in charge of logistics for all that. Last year we had 42 guys on the road full time and we're adding an additional team next year. So we'll probably have four or five more at least plus, uh, plus another race car driver. So it will, we'll be right at, right at about 50 on the road. 50 people, 50 people, 50 miles to feed. 50 people to get hotel rooms for. <laughs> 50 people to listen to complain. <laughs> and 50 well, people to celebrate with when we park it in the winter circle. Okay. And now and now we're talking about six cars, right? We're going to have six cars in, in NHRA Pro Stock next year. Uh, give or take every event, possibly. We're going to have eight cars next year. Eight cars. 16 car field. Yes. Eight cars. Wow. Yeah, it'll be me, uh, Bo Butner, TJ Coughlin, Aaron Stanfield, Fernando Quadra Sr., Fernando Quadra Jr., Christian Quadra, and Jerry Don Tucker. Wow. Now, <laughs> it, okay, since now this is this show today is just all about you. So let's rank, let's rank the personalities of, of who has to be coddled in order in the elite pit. We, I mean, like legitimately. Oh, no. we, yeah, I mean, we can totally start off if if it's if it's Junior, if it's TJ, that's okay. If it's if it's Christian, that's okay too. You know, uh, if it's Aaron, I mean, I, I gotta think. I'm thinking from Royce's point of view. I'm, I'm trying to 
figure out who Royce has the most conversations with over a given weekend uh, about what's going on. Just, just the whole, <laughs> I, I mean, just, I'm thinking, man, how in the world do we control all those personalities in the pit? It's, it's a lot, but honestly, there's so much natural chemistry between all of the teams. And, um, you know, before TJ started racing with us, Jeg was there and, um, he was like the first person I called when I got my ride in 2004. So he's been, uh, he's been in my corner from the very beginning and it's been, it was an honor to race with him. And it's been really cool to race with TJ because he's a, he's a real student of the game, but I don't think that there's necessarily any coddling going on. We could coddle Royce Lee if you want to, but, um, he, uh, <laughs> since he's like the worst crap talker on this entire, on this entire team and ironically has the thinnest skin of all, but no, uh, that's all in good fun. He's, uh, we call him, uh, we call him our, what is it? Our anger management coach. And we call him the mayor of uh, top sportsmen. So, uh, he's, uh, <laughs> he's our buddy, but we, uh, we give him hell cause he's, uh, He's team princess. He's Aaron Stanfield's team. So we always, uh, we always give him crap about standing behind that white car on Sundays, but it's all in good fun. But honestly, yeah, we, we have some great team chemistry and Bo and Randy Lynn have been an awesome addition to our program with, with their JHG guy, Jason and his wife, Nikki. It's just, um, it's a really fun atmosphere and it's super unique. Um, having driven for, you know, people like Victor Cagnazzi and Don Schumacher uh, prior, it wasn't anything like that over there. So I, I definitely enjoyed the atmosphere of Elite Motorsports. Well, you've been there a while now. How how long? How long have you been with Elite now? Celebrating my 10th anniversary. I celebrated my 10th anniversary yesterday as well. So I can uh, I can relate with that. It goes by like that. It does. Snap of a finger. And, and it's gone. Ah, oh. all right. Well, let's let's dive off into the hard stuff. I I teased last week, and and I'm going to be uh, teasing throughout social media as this show is dropping. You've done uh, this um, quote unquote, as I throw up some air quotes here. The the not so nice Erica was was 2022, and I was in Gainesville on the starting line when in when what you have categorized and labeled as your worst loss, which I mean, (laughs) given, given all of the rounds that you've been in your victories and losses, uh, I I can understand because the record was on the line and and you lit it up. And I was, I mean, I had my mouth dropped when you lit the scoreboard up, Uh, but my mouth also dropped when you were, Visibly, you could see you were late when you left, but there's a photo that circled shortly after of you kind of sitting beside a car. Now, I don't know where was that in Gainesville where that photo was taken? Yeah, I was sitting uh, right next to the driver door of my car at the top end after I got out and read the time slip. And it's uh, that's definitely a lonely place to be up there while you wait for your crew members to get down there and you have uh, all that time to reflect on the the poor report card that I just turned in as a driver. So, um, you know, definitely wasn't sitting there crying like all the haters on the internet said. I just was sitting there thinking about how hard we had worked in the off season and the amount of testing that we had done leading up to that event. And, um, you know, knowing what I felt in the car. And then after this, after seeing the data on the race pack, knowing we could have went out there and gone 43, just, uh, just unbelievable to go out and set the world record 
not just for EFI, but for the carbureted era as well. So we hold both ends now, the ET and the speed. And uh, it's pretty substantial. And to, to not light the beacon on the guard wall uh, while doing that is definitely a gut-wrenching, just low blow. But we uh, we rallied back from that. We went on from Gainesville and won the next four events consecutively and appeared in five of the next seven final rounds. So I say we... Uh, <laughs> we came back with a vengeance and that's something that um you know that i've been able to do is that when i get pissed off enough i just i come back and i just blow it out of the water and and we did a great job collectively as a team and but yeah not not one of my proudest moments for sure well it's interesting that you talk about the the quote-unquote haters uh, of the social media mom bring me my meatloaf uh, sitting in the basements across the country especially yeah. those that have ne- those that have never sat behind a steering wheel uh and went less than one second and in 60 foot it's interesting that sports right and that teams that are up on top take somebody like hate to do this to you but your tcu guys uh national champions right against against georgia and they had a great year and they lose a game and it's like everybody piles on and oh this the sports writers got it wrong or this is wrong everybody can do the after the fact but they never give the credit that got to the point right no nope. you're here you are you're talking about 10 years and how many seasons did you go? And now this, I know I'm not trying to, I know you got a scar for this one. It should be healed up. How many seasons did you go without getting a win light? In pro stock, I went seven seasons and seven final rounds before we finally won one. So from 2005 being my pro debut in Pomona to Chicago 2012, we were winless. And we've from 2012 to 2022, those last 10 years, we have, We've piled a lot of success in those in that decade, and I'm really proud of it. So, you know, we talk about all the different for, uh, sports franchises that have never made it to this, or they've went so many years without a championship, or so many years without a division title, or so many years without making the you know the Final Four. If, if you're in college basketball, the World Series, winning you know, but for some odd reason. Eric, and when it comes to the haters on the internet and specifically you, not elite motorsports, right? The very, very rarely do I see a social media post on Twitter or Facebook or in one of the groups that refer to uh, an issue with elite motorsports. It's not elite motorsports. It's an issue with Erica Enders, right? Erica Enders, Erica Enders this and Erica Enders that. And and she was golden spoon and born under a lucky star. How is it that it begins to just fall in your lap that you're the only one involved? That I don't I don't ever hear them calling out Jegs or Richard or Chase or Melling or Weld or CFE, CP, any of your other companies that are supporting you, how come they're, uh, why is it Erica? What What is Erica's point of view? Not Erica the driver, but Erica the female, the human being. What is, what's your point of view about that? Why is it you and not elite motorsports? You know, I I don't know the answer to that question. It could be the female aspect of it. It could be like you and I talked about the appearance of, 
Um, my family being hard loaded and showing up to the track with the nicest stuff and acting professional as if this were your job because it is. And, um, you know, living your entire life in a fishbowl where other people can look through that glass and see you and make their hateful comments and take their jabs with zero consequence. And, you know, unfortunately, the Internet gives uh, those ignorant people the the platform to do so. But, um, you know, as I've seen, I'm sure you've seen Royce or Richard or sometimes if I get ticked off enough, my, myself or my sister, you know, nab back at those guys and, you know, offer to buy them a plane ticket to the racetrack because I'm sure they can't afford to get there. And why don't you come visit our pit and see our operation? And if if your opinion still st- stands to be that when you leave, then so be it. But, um, you know, it just it's it's uh, it's a double edged sword. It's an interesting line to walk. But I feel like when I quit asking that question of why and just put my head down, went to work and I, I literally does it bother me? Of course, I'm a human. It, you know, people should be treated with kindness. And um, it's it's our it's in our nature to focus on the negative things that people say instead of the 1 million positive things that are said. I I look at those two or three comments that somebody takes jabs at us and and you want to go after those people. But as soon as I quit focusing on that, putting my head down and going to work, we became more successful. My shoulders became lighter. My skin became thicker. And like, I literally don't care what some jackass stock racer that can't do a burnout and barely goes under 10 seconds thinks about my performance. So it's kind of one of those deals. You just, you put it by the wayside and you focus on what you have to do and you focus on making yourself better. And that's, uh, that's all there is to it, but it definitely, uh, as a human, that, that part of it sucks. Well, you know, to go one step further with what, what you're talking about, as far as the, the loaded, right? Let, let's, I, and I hate the freaking phrase entitled. I freaking hate it. It seems like that we are taking it further and further as a society that we, it's just like now we just take a paintbrush. And if somebody does something that we just don't agree with, we just go, oh, they're entitled and just six inch paint. There it is. It's done. And when I sit back, as I told you, you know, when you agreed to do this, I was thinking and going through some some notes and some background and you start running down the list and, and we'll just go current, current year of pro stock. The individuals that are on the list, okay, pro stock is a money game. It takes money to run NHRA pro stock. It does take money to drag race at every level. But as the levels change, the level of money that it takes to be competitive and win and show up goes up. And it just does, obviously, right? Top fuel and drag racing, NASCAR, so forth. Every level has an increase of financial. I start looking at some of the names. There's a lot of individuals on that list that come from family money or they have a family business that provides for them. But what it seems to be that there's a difference between you being not family money. You're, you're a paid driver. You you get a you get a paycheck. You're at work right now. I see you're at work, right? <laughs> yeah. And so so in, in a way, I can relate with you because I'm the same way. I got a job, but going to the racetrack and driving a race car is that's the job, right? So. Yeah. 
why, why is it when people refer to you, they don't give the same on the other side? And, and I'm not calling these individuals out, but I'm saying if we're taking a sheet of paper, as everybody in drag racing likes to do and say, well, this is uh, the rule book, right? Well, the rules are, is that you work hard. You sucked for seven years. You legitimately sucked and had really? people that, that stuck with you why you sucked right? I mean, layman's terms. And you continued. Jed Coughlin struggled in some of those years when you were still not turning on wind lights and he stuck it out, right? But nobody ever threw Jed under the bus. He's got family money. I, I just, I wonder how many times you have those conversations and, and people become human with you and they go, yeah, I don't know why. Cause I'm just like you. I I'm, I'm, I'm a higher gun. You know, the one that comes to mind to me is Aaron Stanfield. The mm -hmm. the next one, the next one that truly comes to mind is somebody like Dallas Glenn with some sweat equity, right? To to get in there. Dallas doesn't come from from money. Nope. You know, I I mean, do do these into other individuals? So I guess I'm saying these other pro stock racers, do you ever have those conversations? Do they go, man, you know, you're just getting a bum rap? you're you're getting you know we feel for you we're glad they're not taught they're not throwing spears at us they're just throwing them at you i mean do you guys <laughs> ever have those conversations no i've i've not had that conversation with the with another driver it just um you know the the journey that got me to where i'm at here now with five world championships and being with elite um for 10 years is what what makes me good. It's what makes me strong and tough. And, um, you know, like I talked to you a little bit about it. It's, it's those valleys that makes the peaks so much sweeter. And that's something that this generation of instant gratification, little twits that come in and think that they're going to just go right to the top. And I'm going to say that humbly because I know that that opinion changes with each generation, the Bob Glidden's and the Lee Shepherds thought the same thing about the next generation that came, the Warren Johnsons and the whatever thought that about me. And I'm going to think that about the next. So um, just how Shirley Muldowney is and, and taking a risk at sounding hateful. It's, it's about how hard you work and how, how long you put the blood, sweat and tears into it to make it happen. And yes, there are some people that are, are very fortunate to come in and in their first year, they get in state of the art equipment with some of the brightest minds and drag racing working on their car and they're able to win a few rounds and maybe a race here and there. But like, we're talking about 20 years here that it took to get to this point. And I feel like we're finally seeing the fruits of our labor. So um, no, I've not had those conversations with people. I, I keep a lot of that close to my chest because of the scrutiny that we've had to face over, over the decades, but it's um, all that stuff. I wasn't born with, uh, with thin, with thick skin. It's something that I had to acquire and I still work on it every single day. So um, the sport definitely makes you tougher and meaner and less tolerant of crap. And um, I think that's what you're seeing now, I guess. Well, and I can, I, I respect, I respect that perspective. I, I totally can. <laughs> right. Cause because again, the hardest thing for adults to do, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put another word in there with adults, mature adults, is to actually have a constructive conversation about what it is that somebody doesn't agree with 
or mm-hmm. or they don't understand, right? Sometimes it's just simply they don't understand Erica Ender's background. They don't understand how the Freemans run elite motorsports, the business side of it, right? Because this right. is a business. And so 100%. for some people, they don't they don't understand that. So they so if they don't understand, sometimes it's just easier to be ne- negative about it and deflect instead of trying to have a conversation and understand. Now, you <laughs> you made a comment earlier about showing up to the racetrack and good equipment, mm-hmm. right? I'm a firm believer, and I think we've seen it, or it for those that are a fan of pro stock or a fan of the sport. There are a lot of individuals in a multitude of classes that can show up with good equipment. And can't get it done. Nope. And won't. How do you bite your tongue? I like me playing golf. I have like a badass set of clubs. I I got a cute skirt, some cool shoes, but my game totally sucks. But I sure look like I can play. Well, there, I'm just saying, you know, how do you not hold your tongue on that? I mean, I have seen, okay, you've had some situations where and I'm going to say elite. I'm not going to put Erica on this. I'm not going to title it Erica. You've had some situations where elite motorsports has been in the middle of the volcano and been the lava <laughs> boiling over the edge, right? Yep. I like the grit. And I think the fans like the grit. What keeps Erica from showing the grit? I I don't show it. Now you won't see me appear in a fist fight brawl outside of our pit with a top fuel team in Dallas. But, but that's because girls don't get in the middle of man fights unless you want to get hit. So <laughs> I learned that at a young age too, but um, you know, uh, it's part of keeping a clean image. I mean, we talk about this being my job and this is my profession and this is how I get paid. So you go to work and you, you dress the part, you act the part, you look the part, you talk the part and you walk it. So if you're gonna if you're gonna live that life as a <laughs> as a product of a Disney movie, as a a, a professed Christian, uh, I don't feel like I should act that way. But at, at certain times, um, I, I'm gonna tell you straightforward. Like I get ticked off enough to pop somebody in the mouth. I have no problem with that. I also think that's what's wrong with this younger generation is they haven't <laughs> got their butt whooped for the things that they do and say. But um, it just it's not how I was raised and it just doesn't matter really. But my, uh, my Freeman boys will take care of that. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's take that with, with the comment about them for you. And, and I totally get, okay. Cause everybody that listens to the show knows that racers are running cars. We talk about the business, the professionalism side before you make the post, type it out and then delete it. Don't send it, you know, don't send the email, um, when it comes, when it comes to racing, do you feel like, or ever have a thought process that you say, you know what, it's because I do the part from A to Z is the reason why I'm opened up to being 
criticized or I take the comments because I don't tell somebody at the top end of the racetrack why the camera's turned on. Hey, go right ahead and run your mouth, but your ass is taking the awning down and I'm going on to the next round. How many times does that pop up in your head? A lot. There are a couple of occasions that I, on both sides of it, that I wish I would have handled differently from the negative side to trying to be the bigger person and let the scoreboard do the talking because most of the time it works out how it's supposed to. And um, there was an on-camera altercation with Tanner Gray back in the day when, when he was out there. Um, But like, I I don't know. I don't, you just, you got to learn to win and lose with grace. And my dad has always taught me to just take a deep breath and bite my tongue and we'll handle it on the racetrack or we'll handle it later. And, uh, but they're, uh, be lying to you so bad, Don, if I told you, I didn't want to rip somebody's face off sometimes, but it is, that's just part of, part of being a professional athlete. Like, like last night I was watching the cowgirls play and, and that poor kicker missed the first four field goals. And there have been Sundays where that's me in the race car. I can't drive a hot nail in a snowman. And, and you do it in front of millions of people and the scrutiny that you get and, I can't imagine the crap that that guy's having to read today, but when you've been through it yourself, you you feel for it because we're all human. We're the, we're the biggest variable of anything that we do, but with this race car program, the human element is the biggest variable. So um, being able to get it done as often as we do is unbelievable, but we all have bad days. So um, it's just trying to do all of that with as much grace as you can, I think. Well, I had a conversation that has to remain nameless, but it was about another female in another form of motorsports that would, that came over and tried turning left and drew a lot of scrutiny. Right. But was very vocal after she was done. She had some vocal moments during got criticized for him. And then she just basically clammed up and said, you know what? I'm just going to ride it out. Then she left the sport and then she became very vocal after the fact. You did an interview and you talked about not ready to hang the helmet up, wanting to have a family at some point, not know exactly when, what's what. (laughs) Does, Does Erica have a journal somewhere where when she finishes the sport and hangs her helmet up, she's going to write a tell-all book about <laughs> about this person, that person, this situation. Huh? No? Nah. I don't have a journal because when I was a kid, my dad told me don't ever write anything down that you don't want on the front page of the Houston Chronicle. <laughs> so, um, I've, I've not wrong. <laughs> I have not ever kept a diary or a journal, but I, I definitely... Um, I have a ton of memories and a a ton of really hard lessons that I've learned along the way. I'm not saying there won't be a book, but I'm, I'm not the kind of person that would uh, air anyone else's dirty laundry, including my own. And it's just not, it's not how I roll. And I wouldn't want someone to do it to me. And I, I definitely won't do it to them, but it's all, it's all part of the journey and part of the lesson. And if you think that and I'm not sitting here being negative or trying to say, oh, my God, it's so hard to get here. This is such a play of violin, sad story for me, feel bad for me. No, this is 
that it's real life. Each one of us fights our own battles every single day. And um, we try to do it the best that we can with the knowledge that we have and the tools that we have. And, um, you know, some days are better than others. But at, at the end of the day, how blessed am I and lucky am I to have lived my dream doing what I love the most with the people that I love the most. I think it's, it's an unbelievable accomplishment to be that little girl in my second grade class writing down that I'm going to be a professional race car driver when I grow up while my classmates were saying that they wanted to be doctors and lawyers and astronauts and, and we got it done. We're here. We're five time world champions. And no, it's not been sunshine and rainbows and happy unicorns. It's been a whole pile of crap along the way but it's but it's how we got here and it's what makes it sweet that is a motivational piece that i hope that young racers no i i mean it is and and again being a military person right and and serving with with what everybody in the military is called a soldier or an airman or a marine you know they're not male soldiers or female soldiers from that aspect everybody pulls their own weight and i think at times i lean back to that and i mentioned to you earlier why you're sitting here you're being successful you've rode the highs you've rode the lows you continue to get back up off the mat you take whatever it is that anybody wants to throw you don't fire back and here it is at the end of the day the males that do have the lippy lippy one liners right that gets the clickbait somehow or another they don't get the negative downside <laughs> they they get the they get the rah rah they get the oh that's raw emotion that's what our that's what our viewers want to see but when erica does it the clichés come out what a bitch what's her negative attitude <laughs> What is she? What is she effing thinking? What is Freeman doing with her in the car? Is there not anybody else that can step off of the clutch? Why? Why? Why do we have this this stretch? Why do we have this Grand Canyon between this male and female thing when it comes to who's speaking? I I can't again. I can't answer that question. I, it aggravates me to pieces, uh, you know, from time to time. And you know, there were two incidences this past season that happened. One in Norwalk, I think it was in Norwalk with Matt Hartford, and um, you know, a start a little starting line debacle. And my crew chief got into it with his crew chief, and my crew chief came to the top end, you know, hollering and whatnot. And I thought there was going to be a fist fight. Do you think they stuck the microphone in my face and asked me what happened up there? Nope. They stuck it in the face of Matt and got his side of the story. They never circled back. So I'm the a-hole. And then the parachute incident with uh, the Caruso kid in Houston, they didn't ask me what happened. They just stuck the microphone in her face. Did she get scrutinized for crying? No, Erica's just this mean, awful person who purposefully drug her parachutes across her deck lid and ripped her rear ring off. Like, seriously, it just... It, again, it, it, the more you think about it, the more your ears get hot. Like it just, it'll, it'll take you off to, to no end. And then you go from those things that happen in the actual arena that we work in to the little small internet world over here with all of the things that you were just saying about how they should put somebody else in the car or whatever. Well, now, finally, like, I think you see me 
being a little less tolerant of those things. And maybe that makes me a, a B word. I don't really give a crap. I don't because we've worked really hard to get here. And guess what? I'm a five-time world champion, not them. They're sitting at their mom's basement in a beanbag chair eating Cheetos watching me on TV so they can suck it. There we go. Now it only took 28 minutes into the interview. Welcome to the party, Eric. If this had Vulcan, we'd be having fun. Welcome to the interview, Erica Enders. (laughs) No, I'm telling you because – and it is. I look, and I'm not just talking about drag racing, okay? Because if it is drag racing, I'm sorry. I, as a media person, and I am not a full fledged media person, but we do the podcast and marketing, and I have an opinion and I evaluate things. I look at people like Leah. I look at people like Brittany. I look at when Steve Torrance makes a comment or Sean Langdon makes a comment or J.R. Todd makes a comment. You know what? Everybody is up in arms. They're like, yeah. But when Fox or another TV network gets the soundbite from a female racer, all of a sudden now it comes out and I cannot stand it. I'm sorry. Take the freaking separation off. Okay. <laughs> just, just get rid of it. It, it has no place in what we have going on at, at all, period. And, and there's female racers. You know, I, I know it's great history because I think I, I think I saw a media clip for a record book somebody was doing a couple weeks ago. NHRA Motorsports is the most diverse form of motorsports in the country with the most female winning competitors. That's badass. So for anybody to be sitting back behind a keyboard, letting their little fingers do the walking, that's just nonsense. It it just completely is nonsense. And it does get me fired up about it because you talked about your attitude and what you get called. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes, no, I want to make sure because I, because, you know, that's the other part about our sport. I feel bad for, for, for you, Erica, is there's a lot of media individuals that attend our national events and so forth across the country. But I, I told you earlier, I think that sometimes they don't want to ask you the hard question. Because I, I believe, honestly, I believe that they don't know how to write it and they don't know if they would get in trouble if they actually wrote your answer, right? Uh, because they'd be afraid that somebody may say something to them and take their media credential. And then who knows for <laughs> you, they might, they might send you and Woody to 12 hours of PR anger management. I don't know. Oh, um, yeah. but sensitivity but, training. <laughs> right. You know, uh, talk about good Erica. Does Erica have conversations with the new generation, regardless of the of the class? I mean, I know pro stock. You you've got some, but they're not new. I mean, Caruso, she's the newest one. Dallas Glenn's been a crew member forever, for the love of God. I mean, you can see him hitting the top and bottom on a on a Wednesday or Thursday night at Mooresville Dragway, um, and I think he's a really respectable young man. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I you know I don't have that against him, but like, does Caruso come over and ask you? Because at one time she was kind of underneath your underneath your awning over there for a little bit of an internship, I think a couple of years ago. 
is is there any kind of positive communication? And you notice I use an adjective in there describing that positive communication between Erica and, and Caruso. No, um, and not because of our lack of want. She worked for me for probably six months. She lived at my house for free. And uh, she moved back to New York. And when they came out this year, she uh, she won't speak, won't wave, won't nothing. And and that's OK. But when you step on people to get to where you want to go, you have to remember that you take the same steps going backwards. And I've done it for my entire career. I've worked with people that I swore I'd never work with again on my way down and back up. So it's something that you learn as you get older and the more things that you experience. But I've, I've focused a lot of, you know, right now we're, we're the best that there is in pro stock. It's not an opinion. It's fact with statistics that stand behind it, but under our awning with the eight cars that we're going to have next year, I've really taken the quadra boys under my wing. TJ and I work together. I work with Aaron. Those guys are good drivers. They're really good drivers. I taught Drew Skillman how to drive. I taught Brandon Foster how to drive. I taught like there's there's a whole list of people that I tried to shorten their learning curve where I didn't have that. I wanted to make their experience better than mine was. And it took me a long time to learn how to drive a pro stock car and how to do it well and how to do it well consistently. It's one thing to shine every every now and then, but to do it over and over and over again and to not fail when the pressure gets hard um, to welcome it with open arms. I think that's something that took me a really long time to learn. So to answer your question, no. And I focus my attention and my energy on people that want to do well and who appreciate it. That was an answer. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was the answer I was looking for, but it was an answer. Well, what are you looking for? I'll tell you what you were here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't want you to tell me what I want to hear. No, 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 no. Not at all. All right. Let's let's talk about going into 2023. We've talked about eight cars under your umbrella. You guys have been hard at work. If anybody's following you on social media, Ketchup and Mustard just came back to town a few days ago, Uh, which is in reference, red Camaro, yellow Camaro. You guys, ha ha, bad jokes. Yeah, we need Heinz as a sponsor. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. So moving forward now, I know I know burnout burn burnout Kelly has been hard at work the past few weeks uh everybody wants to have his job when things like that come around I'm sure I I'd, I'd volunteer heck yeah let's do burnout all day long <laughs> there, um, he's at Ardmore today with a clutch car burning in tires there we go right so when is when is elite that never stops in the engine shop but when's elite headed to the racetrack to start testing on track so we're gonna do some earlier testing with Jerry Don uh, to get him his license and get him some more seat time and, and get him acclimated with our program. But as far as the rest of our program, we don't, we don't really plan on testing until um, we're going to go down to Bradenton probably the week before the door slammer race that Wes is putting on, even though 500 inch stuff isn't running there, we're going to, he's going to allow us to test. And then Richard and I are supposed to run the mountain motor pro stock cars at his race and then we're going to rent the track Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before Gainesville and do some, excuse me, do some more testing. So um, that's kind of our tentative plan as of now. 
the weather's been pretty mild here in Oklahoma, so there might be, you know, Mark Ingersoll's here uh, all the time. Tim Freeman's down this week as well, so it's all hands on deck over in the race car shop. But there may be, a, you know, a couple days here in the next few weeks that we'll we'll head up to Tulsa and test if the if the weather permits. I mean, um, you know, the next couple of days are supposed to be like 70 degrees, so um, that would definitely be feasible for testing. But we'll we'll see what happens. I definitely am ready to get back in the car. You know, like if you. It doesn't cost any money to go out and throw a football or, or hit a golf ball, but it's definitely uh, pretty expensive to go make hits in a pro stock car. So um, we take that into consideration, obviously, but I'm, I'm ready to get back in it. I want to I wanna go through the motions and make sure I'm on my A game for 2023. All right. So now, who, who are you looking Who are you looking to – and I'm sorry, I back feet in my ear – who are you looking so forward to lining up against in 2023? Come on. I, guess, I don't know. All of them. I, I'd say my, my toughest competitors are under our, our tent, but um, my favorite one with all due respect is Greg Anderson and him and I have become friends over the years. And that's something a lot of the people in the real world don't realize. We, we don't hate each other. There's a mutual respect there. He's on the phone with with Richard three or four times a week. Those guys all work together. Um, we've made our prices and KB's prices comparable so that, you know, it's a, it's a level playing field for anybody that wants to come in. Like when I first started, you'd have to go from team to team and shop and see what an engine program costs. And I'll tell you that by working together and the rev limiter deal helped with cost associated with parts, but um, we've made it as quote unquote, affordable as pro stock has ever been. Um, when I first started, you would have to pay more for an engine program than you do to bring your helmet and show up and race now. So it's uh, the cost has definitely come down and it's and it's awesome. And I think that's why you're seeing our class grow. I think that that's why you've seen such an influx of, of younger kids coming out. And I think it's it's changed the whole the whole game because when I first started I was 19 years old and I raced with a bunch of bunch of old guys so it's a it's a different um different arena now and it's a lot of fun I like it well it's funny that you say that about Greg because your claim to fame of breaking the internet was your event win at Chicago yep and and the photo that was taken after hours outside Greg's trailer that just basically broke the internet. Everybody <laughs> lost their ever loving mind because you took a picture with your Wally outside Greg's trailer. Where it said like four time world champion. I yes. posed with my Wally and it was for my sponsor, Gaston Kirby. Um, he said it was just for his office and his 12 year old kid put it on Facebook and that's what broke the internet. There was uh, obviously no disrespect meant by it. And I explained that to Greg back then. But to be the best, you have to beat the best. And that day, we finally beat the best. And it was uh, it was just a celebration. And it was going to be just a fun picture for our sponsor's office. But um, it wrecked the world. <laughs> well, it, but it also, at that time, Greg kind of came out. And in in support, right? And, and people, you, if listeners, if you want, you can let Google be your friend. I promise you, it's in the search bar. You'll find it. But <laughs> but he gave he gave some soundbite clips 
uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, to Bobby Bennett and a couple to Susan Wade in support that that day was your day. And, yeah. and, and you know, and, and he remembered what it was like when when he scraped and clawed, you know, to get his first one. Right. And I think yep. that that goes back to something that we talked about earlier. Is that. Your interview with Motor Train, I hope our listeners go and read it because it was I thought it was very very perfect, if you will, in regards to some hard questions for you and where where you are on Mount Rushmore when it comes to the best of pro stock drivers. But when you talk about people like WJ and Bob Glidden and Greg Anderson and and you put Erica Enders in there with Jeg Coughlin, a reporter that I was talking with about that said that the difference between all of those racers in pro stock was is that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, they all deal with men. And in your case, with men. <laughs> yeah. To race, to win. And then come Monday, they're all back in the shops trying to figure out how to get better for the next race. Yeah. They're not dealing with men. They're dealing with their race car operations and their business. But Erica Enders has to deal with men. And the bullshit that comes out on social media <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And sit, and that's where they said the correlation between you and Shirley Modowney came in. How do you feel about that statement? Well, for starters, I'm uh, I was always a, a fan of Shirley's, and she has been in my corner from since day one. Um I am thankful for that because she's a three-time world champion. She's a pioneer of our sport, not just for women, but our entire sport. And what the barriers that she broke early on are what made it okay for Shelly Anderson, Melanie Troxell, Angel, Kristen Powell, myself, Angie Smith, Ashley Force, Courtney Force, Brittany Force, Alexis DeJoria. You go down the list and we're all able to do what we do today because it started with her having said that i like when i answered your question earlier i don't want this to be shed in a negative light like i don't want to sound like i'm complaining that the next guy had an easier road to hoe than i did that's not what it's about i i would like to do that because like I said, each generation as it progresses is better than the next one. And that's our job. Our job is to make it better and easier and more fun for the next people that come and safer. And, um, you know, Shirley, Shirley went through a lot of crap. She was treated extremely poorly. She did it in an era where women weren't allowed to be looked at or talked to the same. Um, you Still in the Middle East, I've been over there a number of times. You can't look a man in the eye over there. You are not allowed to shake their hand, let alone touch it. It's utter disrespect. Like how far we have come is unbelievable. But the crap that she deal dealt with, sorry, and how mean people were to her is unbelievable. And that's why she's so tough today. It's not that she's mean or a B word. She just, she had to deal with a lot of freaking crap and people don't, don't realize that. So I'm thankful for the correlation, but I would like there to be a little asterisk by it saying that I don't, I don't want to be negative Nancy about it. I want it to be shed in a positive light. So she's been in my corner since day one. I'll say it again. She's one of my favorites. She texts me all the time and 
I'm thankful for the relationship that we have. I'm thankful for her support. And I'm thankful for our friendship. But I want to do it in a different way. Now, that's what they call evolution. And so <laughs> you going with that and you talked about and I'm going to lean on this a little bit. You talked about shortening up the learning curve for people that come underneath, you know, come into your your umbrella underneath your awning, if you will. So when you talk about it being different moving forward, I honestly believe that the perspective is, is that it's okay. All right. You've got X amount of money. You can come into the sport. You can get the best equipment and you can show up. You can bring smart people with you. Um, and at that point, that's where it stops. So if is for me to evaluate people when I think about performances and and referring back to your interview again with Motor Trend and you not thinking that you're, you know, you let other people decide if you're one of the best. So I firmly believe that each one of those individuals, WJ, Bob Glidden, Greg Anderson, Jeg Coughlin, yourself, each one of them got propelled to be one of the greatest of the class based on the people that were with them during that journey. But at, at that point, though, the wins, when the wins and the championships and the records, those get passed back to your crew, the people around you, but they do not get asterisks. They get your left foot. Those the, That is your individual talent. That's Jeg Coughlin's talent when he didn't have the best equipment and still was able to turn on. When like, isn't he still? And Brian Loans will probably text me and tell me. But I believe he's the only NHRA pro stock driver to ever win a, a national event while he from the 16th qualifying spot. I, I think, think so, yeah. I, yep. I think, okay. So that, that's where, again, this this hatred or this persona that people seem to want to put a spotlight on you and not give you the credit as a racer and want to come with hatred and not equal amounts of respect like a Greg Anderson, like a Jed Coughlin. And I'm doing modern era, if you will, that that's just not where it's at. So I, I hope that your team, I know you do because you give them credit all the time. So tell them, so let's, this is my challenge to you on, on Sundays for Fox. Don't give credit to your team until the final round. When you're holding the Wally, the rest of the time, you've got to give a soundbite about whomever it is that you just knocked their head off or <laughs> they beat you. And that's what the soundbite needs to be about. Chase's head is big enough. Mark Ingersoll knows he's one of the best. Okay. They, they know, they know. And Royce needs no credit at all. So, no. uh, <laughs> but I think that's, that's where I want people to start realizing. And I feel like they do. People do think that sometimes Erica, that you're a little on the touch of the fake side when they put a camera in front of you. And I think your honesty about the fact, no, you're not being fake, but you're doing it with grace and professionalism. But at the same time, I think the ratings would go, it, they'd take a bump, right? They would take a bump <laughs> if, if Fox Sports posts a clip on Saturday night of Erica's soundbite of, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna rip that chick a new one on Sunday. You know, I, I don't know. I just see a bump. I see Lones' eyes getting big and Pendragon <laughs> getting all chipped up, right? So 
do you feel like you're ever going to get there? Or is this, this is who we have this. I mean, five-time champ. I mean, damn, how many chips you got to put on your shoulder, girl? You can go ahead and, you know, what Jay-Z say, brush, brush the dirt off your shoulder. You're good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm way better than I used to be. I feel like 2022, I said there was going to be no more nice Erica. And I, you know, some may argue that there never was, like I said in my speech, but I, uh, I came to play with a different mindset and, a, and damn sure a different attitude, but I feel like maybe our on-track success warrants some of those things, but I also, that's, that's how I feel 1 million percent on the inside is, is what I say. I am, I am so appreciative of my guys. I didn't get here by myself. I, they shut the door and I let the clutch out and I pulled the stick. Absolutely. And I, and I do it with the best of the best, but they're the reason why. And I, and I mean that with my whole heart. I'm here every day. I don't go home and sit on my butt and eat bonbons by the pool and, you know, post selfies in my bathing suit and all that happy horse crap. I'm, I'm here at the shop working every single day. We're selling trucks and trailers. We're selling uh, used high performance parts. We're so, basically we'll sell everything that we that doesn't move around here um, because that's the Freeman mentality. And when we're not selling, we're over in the race car shop working on race cars. So it's it's all hands on deck all the time. And when you eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff, that that's what you see in my interviews. That's what you see at the racetrack. That's what you see in that photo. That sheer disappointment of my whole shot loss at Gainesville. It's not because I'm a I'm a sourpuss prima donna with a silver spoon up my butt. It's because I worked my ass off to get there and I'm disappointed in myself. That's why you see that crap. But I think you'll, you, you might see more of it, but I'm, I'm like, I told you on our text message, I'm way less tolerant of people's crap now than I have ever been. And, um, you know, I allow the, the negative stuff, not just on the internet, because it's always the people that know the least that say the most, but, and, and that goes to the, that's the same way at the racetrack as well. But like a, there's a person out there that said, I don't know who's going to win the championship, but it sure ain't going to be Erica this year. Well, guess what? We won. So shove it up your butt. But then there's people that are their weekend warrior racers. And I'm a sportsman racer at heart. So I am not knocking the sportsman racer. Let me tell you that because we have our own sportsman cars and we go play on the weekends too. But when they want to sit there, they do the same thing that we do to a certain extent. And they sit there and they call me a fat cross-eyed B word. Why? What's the point of that? I'm out here. I, I'm not a supermodel. I don't try to be. I don't post pictures as if I am. You'll never see selfies of me. I just don't do it. It's all work stuff. But why is why is appearance have anything to do with it when they're way worse than I am? I, I just don't get why people say that stuff. So all of those little nitpicky things, I allow that to fuel my fire. So long answer to your question. Maybe you'll hear me talk some crap in an interview this year, Don. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm voting for talk crap. Talk crap, talk crap, talk crap. I I like it from the fan, okay? And and I in the core of my heart, I am still a fan of the sport. It's entertainment. Yes, we get com- to be competitive about it and it and I love it. I love it when Torrance is going on a tear and they are unstoppable and he climbs out and he's smack talking. And I hate it when they're down and he won't keep talking smack. I, it, you know, it's, I know, wake up, 
talk smack, win, talk smack, lose, talk smack, make the drama, make it entertaining. Give us, those of us that do this media and promote the sport and love it with every ounce of blood that goes through our bodies, including those of us that still get to strap on a helmet from time to time. Yes, folks, I still do race from time to time. Uh, We want to be excited about it. And and that's, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't, I don't, it's, but do you know why we do, we don't do it? I mean, you mentioned Steve-O and, and I know I've been close to Cameron. My sister went to prom with him. I mean, I've known him my entire life and I adore the kid and him and Steve-O had that altercation years ago and Steve-O apologized to him. Then he publicly apologized on TV and at the banquet, we all make mistakes, right? But he has been scrutinized to no end for it. And his fan base changed because of it as if the people on the interweb don't make mistakes themselves. It's so I think you see people steer away from it because of the crap that they have to face on Monday. So you don't get that raw emotion because whether it comes from a no name person on the internet or whether it comes from someone at Fox or NHRA or a sponsor that says you're not acting corporate enough. That's why you see less of it after it happens. I think they, they kind of get a little timid. And I would agree with you to an extent on that. And, and, but my challenge would be right. My challenge back, right. If you're having the conversation, if I'm a PR person for a quote unquote racer, when I look at NASCAR, when I look at F1, when I look at Supercross, when I look at these other Larger forms of motorsports, okay, global media presence, not saying that NHRA is not a global media presence, but I'm talking about these three specifically. They have individuals inside their sport. They are those people. When it comes to NASCAR, I'm sorry. I look at, you know, I think NASCAR this year with Noah Gregson, Gregson, sorry, Noah. I, he's going to, he's going to set the, the wall off. Ross Chastain. It is okay to be that person. Don't let someone else tell you when they don't hold the steering wheel, lace up the shoes, put on the fire suit, strap in. Don't let that person tell you who you are. Because guess what? I'll come to your work. I'll find out where you work at. I'll come to your work and tell your boss that you suck. And we'll see how you like it. They won't like it either. No, they won't. And I agree with that. When people... You know, we get the emails on Monday about how I didn't come out and take a picture with their kid and I was rude and blah, blah, blah. Well, what they fail to mention is we ship the rods out of the side of the motor and we're thrashing to get a new engine in there. And and I tell them politely, I'll be with them as soon as I can or whatever. But you're exactly right. We don't come and stand in their cubicle and criticize how they do their job. So spot on, Don. Way to go. Well, that's, you know. Don's rant. I didn't have one earlier today in the show. So I, I just do. I, I really do. I, I, you know, I believe. And again, uh, it, and I say this, I got to say this first. Someone told someone close to me that I have a lot of anger towards the sport of drag racing. I'm that, that I seem angry, right? I'm critical of NHRA or whatever form of drag racing. And I told them, it's not anger. It is passion. If all of this dries up, I don't have a job. I don't have anybody to sell parts to. I don't have anybody to, to give, help them with their strategy or their B2B. This is a job. 
And so when I, when I, it's because I want you to grow, I need you to grow. I need you to be successful. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do Tom, Jerry Maguire. I show me the mic. I, I need this to be successful and don't take it as criticism. I promise if I criticize you, I have a solution for you. They taught the, taught us that in the military. Never complain about something unless you have a solution. If you're just complaining to be complaining, go to the bathroom. We don't have time for it. Um, but I want that. We need that in our sport. It's the one thing that I constantly get feedback on. People go, well, we can't have a Netflix show because we don't have enough controversy. We don't have enough drivers to to bring the eyeballs you know in f1 that that show is huge i'd love i would have loved to have seen tanner gray stick around and alex laughlin and and be able to have a reality show between your guys's two teams i think it would be (laughs) been amazing right i think it'd be great if cam would have had a a full-fledged deal in him and steve i still think that tony stewart coming in and don't take it the wrong way but nhra's pumping him up Right. And the alcohol ranks now all of a sudden because Tony's over there. But I'm sorry. I see Tony getting a little lippy in the shutdown area at some point. As soon as he gets a few runs under his belt, I don't know who it's going to be in the alcohol ranks. Okay, I I try to think about who's big that, that drives an alcohol car. I don't I just can't think of anybody that's a big guy that, you know, or, or even a little guy for that matter, that Tony's going to get <laughs> lippy with. But I think it would bring something to the sport. I agree with you. And he did it in NASCAR. And I think he's a, a great addition to our sport. He's a he's a tremendous business guy. He's super smart. And the guy can drive the wheels off of anything, clearly. So, um, yeah, I think he'll definitely he brought a lot to the booth when he was up there with with Brian and Tony. And um, he brings a lot to to our sport. So I think it's going to be good for sure. All right. So the holidays have went on. I've kept you long enough. <laughs> Give me two things for your 2023 Christmas list outside of another world championship and outside of you winning 10 races on the season. Go. Wait, did I want it for Christmas? No, I need you to give me two goals that you want in 2023 outside of you winning a sixth world championship and you winning 10 races. Well, I want to win Gainesville because I have never won the Gators in 19 years of pro stock racing. Um, we've run it up there a couple of times. It's the place where Tom Martino told me I had a silver spoon stuck somewhere um, when I was 19 years old. But that was uh, that was my welcoming into the class. But I, I definitely want to win the Gators. If I can't say a sixth world championship, um, I don't know. I guess maybe to be, uh, I can't say more real because I feel like I'm, I'm real all the time. I really don't bite my tongue. You can ask my guys, we were at lunch today and I'm the only chick there and I bought by the way, but Michael Brotherton, our other sales guy here who used to race top fuel, I mouthed back to Richard because he was like doing what he always does. And he says, E, I'm so proud of you in the 10 years you've worked here. You've come such a long way. And I said, yeah, that's because if you don't say something back, you get run smooth the F over. So um, I guess maybe just to, I don't know. I don't know. I want to win a six world championship. That's what I want. So I don't know. 
I did that purposely to to reinforce to our listeners. I took away two racing goals that somewhat of your position and your your team organization would have been the first two things racing wise. I took those away. I took I took them away from you and you could not give me a second goal outside of winning Gainesville. And that that just shows that that's all you think about is turning on when like and racing. You didn't say, "Oh, I'm I'm hope, you know, I would love to go see Whiskey Myers and Warren Zeters in concert." No, 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 I was talking about just two goals and and that was that I didn't say racing. I took the two racing goals away from you. That's that is where again, I don't think people realize how zeroed in you are in your mentality of what it is that you think about. We're on a show and we're talking and we're talking about racing and the only things that you can talk about goal-wise are racing. You didn't think, oh, you know, I want to redo my bathroom. I, you know, I've got <laughs> none of that. You're not thinking about anything other than that. And I, again, I said all that to re-emphasize to people that you just do not get the credit for how zoned in, zeroed in you are into what it is that you do for a job. Well, it's my, it's my whole life and you know it cause you do it, but we, it takes a lot of sacrifice to get here. I mean, you stop getting invited to things by your normal friends because they get tired of you telling them, no, sorry, I have a race. And you get kicked out of the friends group because you can't be a bridesmaid in somebody's wedding because you have a race. Well, why can't you just miss the race? I don't know. Does Tom Brady miss the football game? No, but um, you lose a lot of the normalcy of your life. And that's the part that's challenging. And, you know, I gave up a marriage for it. Um, Hopefully I haven't given up the opportunity to have a family, but we'll, we'll see what God's plan is there. But I guess maybe another goal would be to have maybe a a more normal life. And with only 18 races this year, maybe it's a a little bit more possible, but you know, I, like you said, this is, I eat, sleep and breathe this. When I lay in bed at night and I can't go to sleep, I'm not thinking about this or my to-do list for today you know what I mean like I write down the things that I have to get done I'm I'm thinking about (laughs) getting in my Melian Performance Chevy Camaro and shutting the door and being the best race car driver that there ever was and that's what I want to do and that's my goal but I guess my additional goal would be to have more of a normal life have a have a hobby have a a real relationship um so those are all things that I'm working on. I've, I've lost 25 pounds already and I'm still going. So I have the, I have the normal girl, you know, resolutions and I write them out every January 1st in seven different areas of my life. And I think it's important to be successful that you actually write down your goals and, and we do that. So I don't know, but I, uh, I'm thankful for the opportunities that I've had and I just want to make every moment count when they shut that door this year. And that was the mentality going in last year. And I told my crew chief Ingersoll earlier yesterday, I said, if they think that I was mad last year and I wanted to stomp their throats, they got something coming this year. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I love it. I I do. I I do. Erica, I really do appreciate your time. Uh, Listeners. I know the, Podcast probably went a little long for you this week, but there was no way that we were going to just turn off at a certain time. <laughs> I it was just not going to let it happen. And I do. I, again, I, I feel like maturity level, adults, 
These are supposed to be everybody that's strapping on a helmet is supposed to be a mature, successful individual and a competitor. And if you can't get across the point and take the constructive criticism while you're dishing it out, I, I hear that they got like racquetball leagues or something like that. Um, <laughs> they do. But, well, I'm glad, well you, now, I'm glad you touched on it because it's not often that we get to talk about it. And the people, again, that have the most to say know the least. And most of them couldn't carry my sack lunch to the water box. So it's just one of those deals that it is what it is and you have to deal with it and what we do. And, and, it's, and it's fun to talk about it sometimes. So thanks for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. And, and I am going to send you an Amazon gift card for you and Royce Lee way back when in the military days when this when you could like still get away with this i had a platoon leader that would go to the store and buy pampers diapers and the disposable ones and he would keep them in his locker and when people would whine at work bitch gripe complain moan whatever it was he'd walk over and throw him a diaper or he'd leave it in their, put it in their flight locker and show up in their helmet bag or in their toolbox. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I would really like to start seeing Pampers diapers like pitched out throughout in the pro stock pits when there's, when, when it's the off camera whining. Right. So like the, the fans that are out there or us racers that listen or riding around on golf carts and Zumas and we see these Pampers diapers, you know, outside these pro stock trailers, we'll know where the whining is going on this particular weekend. I think it would be a great thing for you and Royce Lee to do. Send Royce, let Royce do it. I love it. <laughs> I think that's awesome. All right, Erica, before you sign off, tell everybody where to follow Erica Enders and Elite Performance in 2023. All right. You can follow us on our social platforms. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, both are Erica Enders Racing. The only ones that we have have a blue check mark. So don't get scammed by all those idiots out there. But um, as far as Elite Motorsports and Elite Performance go, we're, we're visible on Facebook. You can see all of our inventory on EliteMotorsportsLLC.com. If you're in the market for any parts for your race car, we're a dealer for everything. And we sell used high-performance parts from the operations that we buy at Elite HP. And uh, Chase Freeman heads that up. So uh, we're... Uh, you can find us anywhere, but um, we appreciate all the support. I'm uh, I'm thankful that you have me on again, Dom. It's always fun to talk to you, and uh, we'll see you at the races, I guess. Erica, I wish you and the entire organization a wonderful 2023. I look forward to following along from race to race with you guys. And again, it's always a pleasure. Tell Chase I said hello, slap Royce Lee on the back, and all the guys in the engine shop keep making horsepower. Hell yeah, we're coming out swinging, so it won't be for lack of effort, that's for sure. Thanks, Erica. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Don. Let's put it up for the weekend. Whoa.